0: You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Armchair Cricket Podcast. A podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. In this episode, uh, this is me, Giri. I'm joined by Ajit, my co-host. Let me welcome him. Hello, Ajit. How are you doing, mate?
1: Hi, Giri. I didn't know you probably took a holiday
0: in Australia. I wish, I wish. Right? I wish, yeah. Well,
1: you've been conspicuously absent for the last two to three episodes. What have you been up to, Giri?
0: Uh, Let's just say that I have been very busy at work. Uh, finishing up on a few projects that I was working on since the beginning of the year uh, i 'm glad to say i've done that now, and I seem to have a bit more time this week onwards and I hope this continues. Uh, how about yourself? Well, things are going
1: steady um, as I always keep saying i 'm happy for having a work that is a bit uh, hectic these days, so basically i don 't have time to think that i 'm uh, you know bored sitting at home so it's mainly um, all systems go as far as work is concerned and i'm really happy that that's how it is right mm. um not being able to go to the theaters watch a movie or something and so my mind is completely off that because the work is demanding that and i'm really happy but yeah i mean look it's it's the um the social restrictions norms will remain but uh The government here in the Netherlands is slowly reducing the restrictions, social restrictions,
0: or it has imposed on us, Kiri. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right. So this week, in fact, today, on the day on which we are recording this episode, the 11th of May. Right. So as of today, the schools have reopened or the primary schools have reopened. Uh, And I think from the 1st of June, public transport will also resume to its full capacity. That's what I heard. Of course, there are some um, restrictions, uh, like you said, and there are also certain guidelines that we have to follow. So we are supposed to wear wear face masks, for example, non-surgical ones. And Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, uh, yeah, of course, you have to avoid crowded places. You cannot have gatherings, you know, same rules apply again. Uh, I think from the 1st of July, you can have social gatherings of 30, up to 30 people, I heard. I'm I'm not sure. I think they will still review it. Right. Uh, And from the first of September, all the outdoor activities and uh, you know tournaments, sports, you name it, all the main uh, uh, competitions uh, will start when it comes to sports, and also all social events can begin. But Mm -hmm. that's again up to uh, review. So I think they will review it on a weekly basis or on a fortnightly basis. uh, All the experts they will look at the numbers, which which is quite heartening to see, actually. So I think today has seen the lowest increase um, of new cases as well as uh, the, the number of fatalities. I remember uh, reading today, um, I think this has been the lowest in the last four to six weeks, I think. Uh, that's yeah. That's a very good sign. Uh, so the lockdown has had uh, a very positive effect in arresting this uh, uh, the, the spread of virus. Uh, But now that the restrictions will be eased uh, starting today, uh, we have to see how this will all change because what happens usually is as soon as the restrictions are eased, people start mingling with each other a bit more and then there is more interaction and the virus can spread again. And you will see the results of that uh, two weeks later, right? So because I think the incubation incubation period is something like nine to 14 days, right? So you see that results after two weeks. So I think this is a very crucial period is also, this will also probably give us a bit more indication or a fairer indication of how things will be um, in the near future as well as in the distant future. I'm talking six months when I say distant future. And like you said, I think the social distancing rules will apply uh, mm-hmm. for the best part of this year. I think I, I see this continuing until December and I won't be surprised if they will do this until we've uh, found a vaccine for this and a vaccine that works. There's there's still a lot of question marks, uh, but I did read some you know some research institutes here and there in the world are finding new uh, what are they called antigens right so I I don't I don't know this I'm not an expert but there are some positive developments but we have to see all of this will take time um yeah at least in Netherlands we are heading in the right direction right now we'll see
1: right look it does show a very positive trend and as you say. We may have very well broken the first spike or the first wave. But then, as you say, when we all mingle, the second wave comes and usually the second wave is higher than the first and so on. We'll have to really be careful. And as you rightly said, no organized sport till September. So, more or less uh, certain now. There will be no cricket that will be played, the organized cricket, amateur cricket or leagues in the Netherlands. We don't see that happening this year. Maybe uh, some tournaments, some T20 tournaments beginning from Mm -hmm. September. Because there'll still be enough light for some T20 cricket. But um, really no regular leagues. So that's a bit of a blow, bit of a disappointment. We were really counting on maybe even a shortened season, right? Okay. Not uh, 14 to 15 matches in the season, maybe 10 matches in the season or 8 matches in the season, something like this. Okay. But um, the positive that I see in this case is that the Netherlands government has also indicated that adults can start playing sports, not in a tournament format, but for themselves outside on the field so that uh, sports clubs have been allowed to open, right? So, we just got this from our club uh, today effectively saying, um, yeah, adults can also come and practice sport. That's the term they used, right? Okay. Uh So, that basically means we'll be hearing some more news with uh, how this thing is going to pan out maybe later this week or maybe early next week and I'm really itching
0: to get back to the cricket field. Uh, How about you? Well, for me, I'm not doing an active sport at the moment. I used to play a bit of badminton a couple Mm -hmm. of times a week and a little bit of swimming. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I didn't play cricket actively, so that doesn't have an impact. Uh, However, badminton being an indoor sport uh, over here, that is not allowed. So yeah, it's it's not possible to do that, I think, until the 1st of September. But I don't know yet. I have to look for more details on my club's website. Uh, They will Mm -hmm. probably make an announcement about more details um apart from that I think the swimming sh- can start uh, I just read that the local swimming pool here the public swimming pool will open its doors again oh wow on the 18th of may on the 18th of may so that's a week from now right. um but I don't know how uh, people will actually manage not to get in each other's way mm-hmm. and I don't know the effect of virus inside the water so <laughs> I don't know if it can spread uh of course there's a lot of question marks about hygiene and all that being a public swimming pool yeah, But I will see for a few days because I, I do miss the swimming part. It's really refreshing to go out for a swim. Like you agree with me, I know. Uh, yeah. um, so I will see what happens over there. But at least, you know, like I said earlier, uh, some really positive signs. Uh, let's hope that's, that uh, this continues and uh, we get some sort of uh, respite from all this isolation that we're all suffering from.
1: Indeed. My local swimming pool is not opening. As of now, this is all I know. Uh, yeah, as you say, I would really get want to get back uh, playing cricket, maybe, but also, if possible, going for a swim once a week or so. Right? Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that will really pan out. But if you were to look at the news from the COVID cricketing field, if I may call it that, Kiri, there is a bit of uh, well, we had a bit of a splash last week when uh, you know we heard rumors ICC was really considering banning the usage of. Uh, for the lack of a better phrase, bodily fluids, to shine the cricket ball, right? So you had sweat, saliva, whatever else. But they said, with now with the new contactless sport or the most contactless form of playing the sport uh, going to be practiced in the future, probably putting saliva or sweat on it to shine the ball was probably not going to be a good practice. Uh, as As a solution, Kukabura has come up with a wax polish you know, something that uh, cricketers can have in the pockets, much like a sanitizing gel, mm-hmm. small, you know, a small box of sanitizing gel or something. And then you can take some and shine on the ball. Right. So this is this is a debate that's still raging. And well, I mean, some ex cricketers have openly opined, uh, allow the ball to be tampered. And, you know, using using your bodily fluids has been one of the oldest ways of Shining the ball, and also one of the most natural, because without you wanting to, if you have been sweating, you, you'll probably impart some sweat onto the ball when you just catch it.
0: Well, I don't know, I man. I, I I see all this pointless uh, pointless discussion. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me mm-hmm. because saliva or sweat yeah. have been part of cricket for time uh, immemorial, right? Is that what they say? Uh, w- without saliva and without sweat, the ball will not get its shape, get its shine that it normally does. Mm-hmm. And all this, uh, I don't know, tomfoolery with uh, wax polish and all that, boot polish, whatever. Uh, I don't like that idea, honestly. Uh In the name of wax polish, I don't know if people may also carry a strip of sandpaper. Why exactly. Not? Yeah.
1: No, but that's oh. the thing. So yeah. this wax formula, basically the one that Kukuparash, proposing it looks like a little shoe polish bottle because it has a wax uh, sorry it has an applicator a sponge based applicator as well at the end of the bottle right so you yeah. take the ball you just rub the little bottle with the sponge on it on the ball surface and then you're let's say shining the ball but you know some international players like Ashish Nehra said they are really making it tough for the bowlers right mm-hmm. people like uh, Ian Chapel opined saying make uh, tampering legal let it be yeah, you can exactly. do it under supervision, so to say. Let the umpire watch what you're doing. It's fine, right? Because yeah. still, the cricket, they say the skills of cricket are weighted too too much in the favor of batters. So Shane Wan, as usual, came up with a nice suggestion. He says, weigh the ball on one side. So make the ball in such a way that it actually weighs more on one half than the other. So it'll always swing, right? So I don't know if you know anything about the tape ball cricket that is uh, very much in vogue in uh, many parts of subcontinent, mainly in Pakistan.
0: Yeah, some of Pakistan's uh, premier fast bowlers um, basically groomed their skill with uh, swinging, uh, starting with tape balls, right? Somebody's like Wasim Akram or Shoaib Akhtar, all these guys were, I think, brought up with brought up on tape balls. So, so it's it's not unknown to subcontinent, like you said. But I don't know if you can replicate that with uh, leather ball. Well, uh, and and one one additional point here, uh, when you make one side of the leather ball heavier, mm-hmm. do you mean that uh, the, a fresh brand spanking new ball will already carry this uh, characteristic? Yeah. Uh, and what happens when it wears out? Still, uh, how does it affect spin? Or will there be a different type of drift? Uh, or a dip? How, how do you see this Well, for spinners? For fast bowlers, yes. But for spinners? Still, even spinners will probably get a
1: different um, behavior from the ball because one part of the ball is always heavier than the other. See, if it's uh, an innate feature in the ball itself, shine wears Mm -hmm. off, but the ball weighs the same or nearly the same, right? But what if one half of the ball is always weighing more than the other? So I got the opportunity to play tape cricket or tape ball cricket when I came newly to the Netherlands. We had people from Mm -hmm. all over the subcontinent living in the dormitories where I did and we used to play cricket on an occasional afternoon and I saw that they used to get this uh, isolating tape, the insulating uh, tape rather Mm -hmm. than so, they, they used to put it on the ball and then that used to swing the ball. So, basically, the ball used to get this uh, extra, let's say, smoothness on it with which the ball used to swing. And sometimes they used to tape only one side of the ball. So, you are able to control it. Controlling a tape ball itself is a skill. So, only one side of the ball is taped. That means you are able to put it, uh, by looking at the wind, you are able to put it against the wind so that it swings away from it. Right? So, if the ball is heavy, you can imagine you can also play it in a similar manner. So the heavier the ball, the ball naturally, the gravity will be forcing it towards that. So if you want in-swing, if it's on the right-hand side, if it's a left-hander, the ball will swing away. Mm -hmm. If it's the
0: right-hander, it'll come in. Right? So that... Yeah, but I think this is something uh, that has to be taught at grassroots level for people who are still very young. Now, already professional cricketers, I don't know if they'll have enough time and if they'll have... I don't know if the learning curve is as uh, steep as it might be uh, for a professional crick- cricketer compared to somebody who is really young and upcoming. What do you think? Is is this something uh, a professional cricketer can acquire uh, in a in a few weeks? Do you think?
1: Well, look, it, that doesn't take away the rest of the things you have practiced. Your lines, your lengths, right? Mm-hmm. There will be exaggerated swing. Or exaggerated mm-hmm. movement on one way or the other, even if you're a spinner, right? Like. But that means it it takes a certain amount of adjustment. Pro- probably, if you practice with one of those balls for a week or two continuously, I think the level at which most international cricketers are, most international bowlers are, they're going to adapt mm-hmm. to it. That's my, let's say, personal opinion on it. Okay. But look, I might be a bit uh, optimistic as well. And all of these are proposals. But the ball has remained the same in whatever, 150 years of international cricket, Giri. Still the same. We are going through a drastic drastic Mm -hmm. set of social circumstances. So this this very well might, you know, cause the ball to be changed. But I would be very curious, right? So something for us to wait and watch. If you were to look at, you know, we were talking of previously a cricketer from Pakistan, a former first class cricketer from Pakistan who lost his life and so on, right? There are some heroes uh, who have been cricketers or who are cricketers. So we heard Heather Knight, uh, England women's cricketer, um, or the captain of the England women's cricket team even, going and joining the nursing service or volunteering her services for the NHS in England, right? And you read about Joginder Sharma. Similarly, uh, you have a ex-cricketer from South Africa, Yusuf Abdullah, who was a fast bowler who played, I think, in two T20 internationals for South Africa, right? And he even played um, in, I think, King and Punjab he has represented and so on, right? So this guy, he's now owning a pharmacy in South Africa and him and his wife, they are literally on the front lines. They own a pharmacy where, you know, people who have cold cough and other flu-like symptoms probably come in every day. So he's literally on the front line. There you have another, um, you know, a cricketer whom we can all look up to
0: yeah absolutely yeah i don't know if there are uh better professions in the world right now than in the uh you know in the medical care right. or the supplemental right. care mm-hmm. um so i think hats off to this guy who is uh fighting on the front lines like you said so amazing and Indeed. uh let's tip, take uh take our hat off and applaud uh, their services, people like him, especially. Indeed. And I do
1: hope more people who are, uh, you know, who are able to uh, contribute in their own way to fight this uh, yeah. you know, same set of social circumstances we are facing
0: currently. Uh, did you hear about this uh, Scandinavian princess uh, who also uh, enrolled herself into the, the nursing profession temporarily to help uh, oh. support people?
1: No, I didn't know this. Well done. This well is done, a,
0: Swedish, a Swedish princess, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're also, you know, uh, dignified dignitaries, whoever they are. They're also um, getting their hands dirty, So, which is good to see. That's a right, setting the right precedent.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, indeed. Leading from the front is is a very good way and nicely done uh, by this uh, member of the Swedish royal family. Right, Giri? Going further, uh, we have one more bad news. Solo Nkweni. So it's NQ. W-E-N-I. So, I don't know if I got the pronunciation right. He's a South African all-rounder. And unfortunately, he's uh, tested positive for COVID-19. So, again, you know, this is another slightly bad news. So, he's at least the third cricketer that we know has come across, that we have come across, who who has contracted the virus. Considering the number of cricketers that really play, this this is nothing. Right? So, but we hope he recovers quickly. And we wish Solo. All the best. Uh, And the best of health and a fast recovery. Going further, with all the cricket being stopped, right? So many, many people are losing their livelihood. Many people have lost their contracts. People who were to have stints here and there have lost it. Another such news, um, Vernon Philander, who recently retired from International Cricket and signed a call pack deal with Somerset. Unfortunately, this deal has been cancelled due to COVID circumstances. There might not be a lot of cricket this summer. And this deal has been cancelled. So, it looks like one of the first long-term, let's say, the mm-hmm. impact that a cricketer or an ex-cricketer at least is facing. And uh, this was a call pack deal. But uh, as you say, if there's going to be no cricket and we don't know how many good seasons of cricket, Philander has really left. So, this is really unfortunate. It's a mutual thing that they've agreed upon and it's very unfortunate. Uh, moving ahead, some countries... Uh, you know, are having to take some drastic measures to cope with uh, how they are having to combat uh, uh, the loss of cricket. For example, Afghanistan are uh, have announced that they'll be cutting some of the salaries of their coaches. We, we have seen that many cricketing worlds across the world have been affected by it. We actually missed this point, your favorite tournament, because you were not here last week. The 100 has been cancelled by ECB, right? Because it was expected to be loss-making in the first couple of its seasons. Similarly, Many, many cricket boards are facing a hardship, but some, some cricketers are ready to go the extra mile. For example, uh, BCCI has offered that they, they are willing to do take a two-week uh, quarantine if that means the tour of Australia will go ahead much later in this year. Also, for example, Pakistan, whose uh, PCB is planning a tour of uh, England, they were supposed to arrive in England late in July. They're still sort of keeping a wait-and-watch approach, so this might still go ahead. International cricket might be around the corner, Giri. It might be sooner rather than later that we might witness international cricket.
0: I hope so. I hope we can watch uh, all our favourite players back in action on the international circuit. About this quarantine thing, uh, India visiting Australia, I think that is, that is only applicable if the the T20 World Cup is either postponed or cancelled. Right, If India travel there already in October, I think they're already there in Australia, so they probably won't need a quarantine then. But about this news, the about India's willingness or the BCCI's willingness to uh, send Indian team to Australia, because I think it represents a lot of loss for Australian cricket. That's what I read. It's probably $300 million, something like that. I'm not sure if that's the exact number. Uh, indeed. Uh, indeed. Yeah, Some so, very large number. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a huge amount of money and that's probably going to set them up really well for the upcoming uh, season in Australian cricket so it's very important and it's also nice to see that uh, all the major cricket organizations are trying to help each other out Mm. uh, and BCCI trying to help Australian cricket uh, like this I think that's really nice to see that and I think even Gautam Gambhir the current member of parliament from Delhi he has also put in his weight into this and then said this is a really good idea Mm -hmm. Uh, I think this Probably all the uh, international players, they will also be willing to uh, uh, take part in such a such a tour. Otherwise, I think we're going to lose a whole year. Uh, we don't want to see that. We'll probably lose the English summer to a large yeah. extent. Yeah. So we shouldn't lose the Australian summer or the, the summer in the Southern uh, Hemisphere. So let's hope uh, everything goes well and uh, we get to see cricket again.
1: Indeed, man. From your lips to the ears of the gods, but let's see how it goes, right? <laughs> if you were to look at some of the spicy news that uh, has come out from the cricketing world uh, in the last couple of days. So, Ram Naresh Sarwan has hit back at Chris Gale for the scandalous allegations that has been leveled at him. So, uh, we discussed a bit more in detail last week when Gale sort of, I, I think he's lost it. Sitting at home, he's lost his head and he ranted at uh, Sarwan and other people on a YouTube video that he released. So Sarvan has come back and said uh, some of the uh, allegations are extremely scandalous and he's considering what would be the, let's say, the most appropriate manner in which to respond to Chris Gale. Giri, so do you see this feud uh, really blowing out or will you think it will simply die down once
0: cricket starts? It will die down. I think people are getting restless uh, and jittery at home. They have nothing else to do so they are just uh, taking uh, you know, as I say, a low shot at each other, uh, I think this will all end. Uh, and I don't know if people in the Caribbean hold grudges for too long. They'll probably move on after a couple of drinks, I think, when they meet next time. I hope so.
1: <laughs> Indeed. So, yeah, let's hope cricket resumes and all these other things. You know, let's not forget that these are uh, not only elite sportsmen, but in many cases, alpha males and females that really play the sport. And mm. they have to get their frustration out in some way, apparently. But uh, sure, we'll see how that goes. So that's one, one spicy piece of news. Another one, well, interestingly, Keshav Maharaj, uh, spinner, at the spinner, the left-arm spinner from South Africa, has thrown his hat into the ring as one of the future captains for South Africa. So he says he sees himself as a multi-format captain, right? And uh, he sees himself literally lifting one of the World Cup trophies aloft in South African colors, right? It's, it's, not, uh, it's, not, it's not a very um, conventional choice, but a left field one, Giri, to, if South Africa were to choose Maharaj as one of the captains, at least in one of the maybe limited hours format and then in the longer format, Giri. What are your thoughts on this?
0: What is his uh, record? I think he's mainly a test specialist, the way I see it. He's played more uh, test matches for South Africa than he has in the ODIS or in the T20s. Mm-hmm uh and i have not i have not seen how he has played in the domestic circuit in south africa so i don't know his record uh, right. i don't know if he has captaincy credentials from the lower uh, format or mm-hmm. the lower leagues if he has maybe yes but i don't know i mean i think right now there is a big void left by faf uh, he was quite a good captain uh, and unless ab de villiers comes back it probably will go to quinton de kock right. uh, who is probably a bit more hesitant captain he probably doesn't like captaincy as much as the country needs it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Keshav Maharaj, coming back to him, uh, it, it's its good to know what his aspirations are. Uh, but I probably, I mean, I think we'll probably not see him uh, becoming the captain of South African cricket team. Let well, me be proved wrong. Let's see. He's played
1: 30 tests, taken 100 wickets for South Africa. That makes him the fourth most successful spinner to have played for South Africa, right in tests. He's only recently started playing ODIs He's only played five. And he's not played a T20 for South Africa. So really seeing him in the shorter formats, you're probably right. They probably will go for uh, somebody who can also bat a bit more. Well, let's be clear. Maharaj has been improving his batting. He's been showing that also. Right? Given that now Imran Tahir will not be playing in the shorter formats, they could consider this guy, Keshav Maharaj. Look, I mean, I hate to mention this, but um, he does tick many boxes. Inclusivity box, you know, every other box also he would tick if he were to be appointed the captain, but he was never being groomed for a captaincy role. But he's, he's well, he's made a case. So let's see if uh, Cricket South Africa can also consider him. It's going to be an interesting couple of months once cricket resumes as far as Cricket South Africa is concerned, because, uh, well, that team was a bit on the low uh, when at least in tests. So, you know, appointing a new captain like this, ahead of somebody like, I don't know, Temba Bahuma or yeah. Dean Elgar or Aidan macron these are the, these are the names you would think are probably going to be... One of these three would be the next South African test captain. But if South African cricket were to make a left field choice, it would be interesting yeah. as well. Because as things stand, he does play most of the tests. And yeah. if Quinton de Kock, who's also one of the best batters in the team, is allowed to play freely, that's probably better for South African cricket than yeah. you know, giving him the captaincy simply because he's also the most promising in that team.
0: Yeah, I think, to be honest... Uh-huh. Aidan Markram should become the next captain of uh, South African Test Team right. now that you mentioned his name. Mm-hmm. But he's probably not ready yet. Right. Uh, we saw that uh, against, the, uh, against the Indian team when he captained the uh, ODI side, I think, in one or two matches. Uh, but he has some uh, captaincy experience. I think he was the under-19 captain um, for South African cricket team. So he has some credentials, but they have to groom him a bit more. I think Mark Boucher and Graham Smith will do that. Uh, now mm-hmm. that they are in the administration setup. Right. Uh, he's probably a couple of years away. And I think he's only 25 or 26. So by the time he's 27, 28, he will be ready. And I think he will also feature in the team more regularly by then and also show his batting skills a bit more. He is not yet ready, but he until then, I think they need to have somebody. And uh, Temba Bhavuma, I think he's a good choice. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, as you said, also Dean Elgar. But, uh it's going to be, I'm, I'm very curious to see what will happen here now that Faf is stood down. Well, he's the senior statesman.
1: He has, yep. I think, a year or year and a half cricket still left for sure. Or, maybe... or they could
0: also go Afghanistan's way, you know? You remember what happened during the World Cup? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that'll happen with South Africa, but uh, we'll see. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, I know what you mean, but yeah, I think they will not probably go back to the same horse that they backed once a while back, right? Uh, moving on, well, we hear some uh, fairly shocking um, news from Mohammed Shami. It's shocking, but to the extent of what we have come to know, we knew Mohammed Shami was going through a lot of personal issues in two thousand eighteen, and he faced some, you know, some uh, separation-related uh, issues with his wife, and um, you know, there were also some other uh, allegations on him by his wife and so on, but. At the end, we wouldn't really know the impact this has on the person because he's now openly spoken out that he actually contemplated suicide multiple times in 2018, right? Consider this, an Indian cricketer who's earning, you know, in the top 1% of Indian population, so to say, and is very successful and very popular, the way some, you know, turbulence in personal life can really affect you. Even a person who's so, um, you know, at least who looks to be enjoying life in such a way, would still be not spared. So it's, it's, it's very uh, disheartening to read this. But at least we are very happy that he came through this. So yeah. he says at least he contemplated committing suicide two to three times in 2018. Because also it was not a good year for him uh, from the cricketing front because he was injured and you know he uh, he couldn't play because also his contract was withheld by BCCI until all of this could be cleared and so on and so on. So it, it was really a very big problem for him, I think. But uh, we are really happy to read that you know, he's come through on the other side and now I think he's able to enjoy life for what it is.
0: Right, mm-hmm. Gini? Yeah, you are talking about his injury layoff, right? I think he was not fit. He had gained a lot of weight. Right. Uh, probably because of this as well. I think mental health yeah. issues does have an impact on your physical health as well. Right. And and uh, when he came back, I think he was fit as a fiddle and he was really uh, lean. I think he had lost a lot of weight and he uh, touched wood. He has less injuries now. Uh, and he is also able to bowl consistently over 140 um and in test cricket so it's this really nice that he has come back really strong um from this tough period that he had faced mm-hmm. um i think mental health uh, is probably um not given the kind of importance that it needs we've all heard about people complaining about uh, you know stress issues or s- stress related illness i think that's the politically correct word apparently these days that they use somebody mm-hmm. like jonathan Trott or uh, marcus Trescothic. And Mm -hmm. even recently, I think the young Australian batter, Will Pukowski, you remember him? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So all these guys, this is only reported or heard when they start beginning to uh, face these issues. And Mm -hmm. then they are assigned to uh, a mental uh, health coach or a doctor, and then it gets addressed. But I think the key lies here um, in the initial stage. I think there needs to be somebody who is already there uh, helping out these people. Uh, Mm -hmm. who are in need of, uh, basically, they need a year. They need a shoulder to lean on. That's it. Uh, And they need to uh, hear themselves out. Uh, And I I read recently that, you know, former India cricketer, uh, Tamil Nadu batsman, Mm -hmm. uh, S. Badrinath, he has started a new company. I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to endorse his company, but he has started a new company which uh, looks at um, helping people with mental health issues in all sports, not just crickets. Right. Um, and this being uh, done on a more regular basis. So like every month, there's uh, some awareness program uh, happening, which will uh, help these guys out. And all this information will, of course, be held, uh, will will be done confidentially. Right. Um, and basically helping people who are actually in need uh, of, in overcoming these issues before uh, they come out and uh, tell it to the whole world saying, I had problems. I mean, I'm really ha- happy that uh, Mohammed uh, Shami's issues were addressed, uh, even if they were done you know, in a non-public way, in a very private manner. Mm-hmm. It, we have seen that it has uh, worked for him. So I hope this, uh, that this kind of health, uh, mental health uh, uh, help is offered to more uh, sports people in the world. And uh, I wish uh, Badrinath all the best with his new venture, and I hope that uh, he starts a new revolution at grassroots level even, to how to handle disappointment of not getting selected, for example. You're, so if you're a talented player and you're not selected for a certain team, age group, how to handle that, how to come back strong? I think these things really matter. Uh, and hopefully uh, it will uh, start a new way of thinking. I think it will change the mindset. I'm, I'm pretty sure it will. It's just a matter of time um, and I hope that um, all the people um, suffering from mental health issues will get the help they need before something bad really happens. And to conclude, really happy to see that uh, Shami has come out well out of this. Indeed, indeed.
1: Nicely, nicely encapsulated. So, uh, well, that was a serious piece of business. Moving on to something a bit more farcical, Giri. You know, um, uh-huh. have you heard of this uh, hashtag shame on ESPN Crick Info?
0: I might have. Well,
1: I mean, let me encapsulate that one quickly. Um, okay. So it looks like I would. I don't know if I should call it a fiasco by ESPN Cricket, for they owned up to it. But I was a bit surprised because look, there was this uh, poll that ESPN Cricket was currently conducting on Twitter uh, for a um, uh, the top T20 player, right? The greatest T20 player challenge. So in this case, uh, one of the semi-finalists or one of the semi-finalists had to be decided. So it was Kohli versus Gale. Very worthy. You know, contest there, and in this case, so uh, at the time of the closing of the poll at six thirty am GMT on the first of May, it looked like as the results were visible, Kohli was ahead by a little bit. But when the actual results were published, it looks like Gale had leapfrogged him and had won by a gap of just fifty-seven votes, considering that more than one hundred and thirty thousand votes were cast. So, this led to an outrage by Kohli fans on Twitter and this uh, exact hashtag, hash shame on Info started trending, which led, you know, ESPN Info to uh, retract this um, poll and restart it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, surprisingly or unsurprisingly enough, Kale smashed Kohli second time around by 75% or more than 75% of the votes, right? So, I, I think um, this specific poll only includes people who actually played T20 Cricket Maybe it doesn't include the greats of the former uh, former generations. Like uh, I think uh, yeah. you're mentioning to me off-air, Viv Richards.
0: Yeah. Right? yeah. Right? Uh, but, I think uh, he would have smashed all records, Wave Richards. Indeed, uh, indeed, he's still indeed. My, uh, my favorite batsman from the 70s and the 80s. There can never be anybody like him. No, of course. A guy also, batting without a helmet against yeah. the, one of the fastest bowlers like Jeff Thompson. Dennis yeah. Lilly, right. ah, that's incredible. Okay. No, nobody can ever match him. Yeah, he's Not called King
1: Real. Viv, right? He's called King yeah. Viv for a reason. It's it's theater with him, right? Absolutely. Everything. Yeah. So there are some articles I can recommend. I'm sure you've read them as well, where they talk about how he just walked to the crease. He walked to the crease like loping slowly, like a panther, knowing he owns uh-huh. he owns the, he owns the pitch, right? And then right. somebody did ask him, even very late in his career. This was 1992. Somebody asked him, why did you never wear a helmet? So. As I said, he said, if you're good enough to hit my head, hit my head. It's fine. Right? <laughs> so this sort of confidence and uh, basically own everything you survey, so to say. right? Yeah. Uh, but of course, you know, you, you can think of him, but you can also think of Imran Khan, Kapil Dev. There was uh, mm-hmm. Proctor, Mike Proctor. Right? Mike Proctor, yes. All of these, all of these barriers, all of these fantastic players from uh, some other era. Well, surprisingly, Don Bradman, they say, might not have been very good at it because he didn't believe in hitting the ball in the air, apparently. But that's a discussion for
0: another day. Uh, Have you heard about uh, Sunil Kavaskar say that? Uh, No, no. As a kid, apparently, he was uh, coached by his coach. I don't know who that person was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not to hit the ball more than six uh, inches in the air. Off the ground, yeah. Off the ground, yeah, off the ground, yes. Not to hit six inches. And that's why he never (laughs) got out uh, cheaply.
1: No, but that's okay. Apparently, There's yeah. nothing wrong in uh, placing a premium on your wicket, except maybe not in that specific format. That's all. Right?
0: No, but I think they were all uh, uh, groomed for test cricket back then. There was that was the only form of cricket, and that should be the only form of cricket. But everything yes. else is entertainment. Right? So. <laughs> this
1: is this is a long running discussion for sure. But yeah, yeah, why not? I'll agree with you. Right? Yeah. Uh, moving on. Um, there is some other slightly disturbing news. Afghanistan, Shafiqullah Shafiq. Ullah, Shafiq right has been banned for 6 years uh, for after he admitted to the corruption charges laid against him by the afghanistan cricket board so he was trying to fix a match in the 2019 2020 bangladesh premier league right so this is a keeper and he played uh, nearly 50 uh, internationals for afghanistan and over like nearly a 6 7 year period in fact he was he was always right at the let's say, the edge of the team, but he played enough matches. Uh, Muhammad Shahzad was always the primary choice keeper, but he was good enough to be included in the team primarily on his batting skill as well, right? Um, So, you know, he was a part of that golden generation of Afghani players who, you know, probably brought the limelight to cricket in Afghanistan. uh, them. He has actually participated in two World Cups as well, right? And as late as October of 2019, he's played at E20 for Afghanistan. So uh, this comes as a real shock. But uh, considering that he has admitted to guilt, that means they had enough proof against him and other things. So, not only was he trying to fix the outcome of this match, but also trying to offer bribes to some teammates apparently to throw a match and other things. So it is—it's not—it's not savory to read really these things, but it's very unfortunate. And we really hope you know his ban um, also influences other people who are considering these sort of events, and they are giving those things up. Moving further, well, Australia in cricket absentia, have gone on to become the um, number one T20 as well as test team, uh, Is that a surprise for you, do you think?
0: Uh, a little bit, yes, but I think the, the point system works differently. So I think they've only taken into account the test matches that were played from 2018 onwards in the last couple of years, right? So that's why India's points from before that were deleted, which probably has uh i guess uh made them drop down to third india is mm-hmm. now third and i think second is new zealand is that right indeed well that two uh, nil loss to new zealand really cost india oh, clearly yeah right mm-hmm.
1: so if even if they had drawn one of those test matches or maybe one one of those i think they would have retained the number one ranking but because they lost comprehensively they lost the entire series and australia mm-hmm. have been doing really well in their home summer of to 2019, right? Yeah. So, I think they they made the most of it there. But, yeah. well, Tim Payne, uh, the Australian captain who was never going to be, right? He's yeah. retained the Ashes in England. He's led his team to number 1 in tests, in this case, mm-hmm. right? And Aaron Finch uh, need to be congratulated for the T20, right? So, they have done really well. And if the World Cup were to be held later this year, Australia will enter the tournament, a home tournament, as the top-ranked team. So, that's that's a fantastic thing to have as well on their backs. Yeah. So, um, well, we wish them all the best and we congratulate them for getting to this uh, number one position. right? Kim? But, yeah,
0: but India still leads the World Test Championship. Right, right. We'll see about that.
1: Indeed. <laughs> we'll see how that pans out. There's still, there's still going to be enough matches played between now and the final, I'm sure. But also, yeah. maybe some matches will be postponed or rescheduled. Yeah. And. So, we'll, we'll wait and watch on that one. Right. Yeah. So, uh, in another good news, Sangakkara, who was uh, the first non-British president of the MCC, uh, his first term was set to be completed in um, 2020 October, but now it looks like MCC will be offering him a second term. Right. So, as of 30th September, his term was going to end, but it looks like they're going to offer him one more term. So, until 2021. Mm-hmm. So, we wish him all the best, and we really congratulate this guy. He's he's, he's a real statesman. If you have ever heard yeah. him speak. You know why.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I've heard that uh, famous address, I think, in the MCC, right? I think they Indeed. have this... Uh, Cowdery lecture. Yeah, exactly. Cowdery lecture. And that's one of the best speeches I've ever heard from a cricketer. Indeed. Um, uh, uh, I was also going to ask uh, about Saurav Ganguly. I think Saurav Ganguly also had a limited, has a limited uh, tenure. As BCCI president, right? Doesn't that run till this October or something? Exactly. Do you think good. that will also be extended? Well, they've already made a play for
1: it to be extended because they felt okay. that was not going to be realistic. He
0: uh-huh. wouldn't
1: have any chance to make any lasting or you know, good impact in his mm. position. He would just be ho- holding the seat warm. But considering mm. he was the president of the Cricket Association of Bengal, so mm-hmm. this brings into question some of the recommendations by Justice Loda Committee. So this is a longer discussion. But I think they've already made a petition in the Supreme Court, right? Uh, they being mm-hmm. BCCI, that uh, his tenure uh, need to be extended so that he's actually given a chance to make some change, right? Somebody like him, I think he deserves a chance. But again, there is a, it's, it's a longer discussion with enough both pro and con to such an argument. Yeah. So yeah. I would probably park it, you know. For now.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I was, it just came up in my mind. So,
1: yeah, indeed, we'll keep our eye on it. In one of the upcoming episodes, probably we'll get some news on this, right? Yep. So, uh, Sanjeev Chavla, the key accused by Delhi police in the Hansi corruption case in 2000, right? He was extradited from UK and uh, brought to India in February of this year, but uh, he was in the Tihar jail, but now he's been bailed out, right? And uh, they tried. Uh, opposing the bail, Delhi police, but uh, it looks like the judge said, no, no, these sort of decisions cannot be taken uh, you know, lightly. So once a bail has been actually granted, it's very tough to simply you know, call it back. So he's probably now out on bail and probably free to go back to UK, but considering that there are no flights or at least there are very limited flights, it might not be that easy for him. So we'll keep our eye on this news story as well as it develops. It's It's very curious how this one is going to be now, how it's going to reach its denouement? Well, in another BCCI news, uh, this is the last of the other news we have really today. So, uh, BCCI is really considering forming an ad hoc committee for running Delhi Cricket. So, this is this is another uh, not a nice news to read because um, Delhi Cricket had uh, corruption at all levels. People like Gambhir were speaking about it, right? We've, we've read, read about this in the papers. But what has happened is um, the current uh, appointee was the president appointee resigned uh, the current general secretary of Delhi Cricket Association is in jail for some violation of some customs act so it's it's all not nice so basically the, the head of the body is empty so in order to fill this void and let day-to-day processes be taken care of and day-to-day functions be carried out I think uh, BCCA is considering appointing a ad hoc committee just like how it is in Rajasthan currently so that's something to be you know we'll probably follow up on this as well in the upcoming episodes now Moving on quickly, if you were to take a look at the trivia section, so the trivia question from the previous episode was a slightly tough one. But I'll, I would like to spend a short amount of time on this. The question was, which England cricketer played only one international match, but he took uh, only 3,278 first-class wickets. So, Giri, any guess on the answer?
0: No, this was your question, so I don't know. <laughs>
1: you so stumped me, mate. It's, 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 uh, it's a left-arm spinner called Charlie Parker right so they say he was the best wet cricket bowler ever right and then his 3278 wickets puts him on the third uh, position in the highest wicket takers of all time in cricket in spite of all this he was a bit of an anti-establishment person so there's this fantastic fantastic article in Info uh, which tells his history and how he came to play cricket and how he was actually he started his cricket as a fast bowler and then realized he's better suited to spin and so on and how he literally stuck the then captain and the postboy boy of English cricket, Pelham Warner, or Plum Warner, as he was called. He was literally one of those establishment people. And this guy literally punched him in a, in some disagreement in a bar. And can you imagine any international cricketer or any cricketer doing that today, punching Virat Kohli in, in an argument, Kiri?
0: No, I can't. I can't.
1: This guy was just, he. he just said how he called it. So, apparently, he informed the committee. Uh, of the county he played for saying, "From next season, I will bowl spin that 's it, so he was not much given to negotiation or you know sort of making an entreaty and then having it accepted, nothing like that, so he was a straightforward, different sort of an individual who lived in a different era for sure. So his name is Charlie Parker, and I would really recommend this article to people right. You cannot imagine that happening, but you know there are spinners in India, there was a spinner called Padmakar Shivalkar whom uh, uh, Gavaskar always mentions right as the best spinner who never played for uh, India and so on. So there are some other such spinners, but this is the most unique case where you have um, a career where you took 200 wickets for 10 seasons in a row, but never got to play for a country and so on. So it's it's a fantastic article. So the trivia question from this episode. So we did mention earlier that you know Sangakkara has been offered a second um, you know second year as the president of MCC. So before Sangakkara. Who was the last president of MCC to have held the post for multiple years consecutively? Right. So you can get in touch with us to give us the answer to this question, or maybe let us know your thoughts about our podcast, or you know, any other things that you may want to communicate to us. Right. So you could get in touch with us using Twitter at Armchair cricket pod, using Gmail amcharts at gmail.com. Right. Or you could leave your answer as a comment in any of the apps that you used to follow cricket. So we have at least 10 of those listed in our uh, our notes. We do hope to hear from you. And uh, well, I know there's no cricket, but there's so much to discuss, right? There's so many interesting things that keep popping up. Uh, Cricketers find interesting ways to amuse themselves and keep us amused as well. And you have these uh, farcical polls that certain uh, cricketing websites sometimes put up. So there's plenty to discuss. So we do really hope to have your company for the upcoming episodes as well. So having said all that, It's a goodbye from me.
0: And it's a goodbye from him. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast.